You know, it's interesting, you have situations like this as you minister, especially as pastors and leaders, you'll see that other pastors and leaders will side with people and they'll say things that aren't biblical against you. You go, wait a second. And they have a lot of authority because they're pastors. Well, no one has any authority except the Word of God. And it needs to go with the Word of God, otherwise it is false. Welcome to this Friday edition of Equipping the Saints with Greg Lundstedt, pastor of Equipping Bible Church in Greer, South Carolina. And Greg, would you give us a preview of what we'll learn today from Nehemiah chapter 6? Yes, Dave. Today we finish our look at Nehemiah chapter 6, where we're going to see how to keep from being overcome by Satan's tactic of fear. Turn with us to Nehemiah chapter 6, and we're looking at verses 1 through 14. Well, thanks, Greg. Now, today's message is one you'll want to share with a friend. Just tell them to visit etsradio.org. That's etsradio.org. They'll find today's broadcast as well as a host of other archived broadcasts waiting there for them. Our web address, again, is simply etsradio.org. Now, let's join Greg for today's message. Now, although the main principle here is we don't fear because we're not going to be punished because God loved us and took our punishment for us, there's another principle that lays forth on here in the context of 1 John, which is about loving your brothers, right, and obeying the Lord in that. Now, the principle is that we love because he first loved us, and there is no fear in love. You see, when I'm fearing, I'm not loving. Look a little farther down, just in 1 John chapter 5, verse 2. By this we know that we what love the children of God when we love God and observe his commandments. Hey, I'm loving God when I'm obeying him concerning his will, concerning you, right? If I'm disobeying him, I'm not loving you. I can tell you right now, I don't love you if I'm not obeying God. You don't love me if you're not obeying God. That's just the way it is. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. Hey, if you're in faith, it's not a burden to do it. You trust the Lord. So then, we can't fear man and love God or his people at the same time. It's not going to work. We just can't fear things and love God. We need to trust the Lord. You see, because the fear of man brings what? A snare. And look at this contrast. This is in Proverbs, and I'll read it for you, Proverbs 29, 25. The fear of man brings a snare. That literally means a hook, like dragging you away, dragging you away. But in contrast, he who trusts the Lord will be established. You can fear man, or you can trust the Lord. You can fear man. When you are fearing man, you're not trusting the Lord. But we can get caught up in it, and we need to be set free. And we're going to see from Nehemiah, who does not get caught up in it. Okay, so then, we don't want to become self-absorbed. That's just what Satan wants us to do, because when we're selfish, we don't obey God, and we don't love one another. Fear is not from God. So what's the right response? Look at Nehemiah, back in our passage, chapter 6. Verse 8, Then I sent a message to him, saying, Such things as you are saying have not been done, but you are inventing them in your own mind. Pretty straightforward. You made it up. I haven't done it, and you made it up. Now, he doesn't get off and explain and defend with this guy all the reasons why it's not true. He says, it's not true. It's not true. You made it up. He doesn't get into a discourse with Sandal and Tobiah about this. He shares the truth with them. We need to expose and confront the lie with the truth. That's the first principle we'll see. We'll see later on, Nehemiah will do that with the word in the next illustration. 
We need to expose the lie with the truth. This is not true. And we need to understand what Satan's goal is in this attack and this attempt. Look at verse 9. He's going to explain. For all of them were trying to frighten us, thinking they will become discouraged with the work and it will not be done. Okay, now we know the motive. we got to do that. So we need to acknowledge the truth and expose the motive for what Satan is doing through these people, whatever it might be. They're trying to scare us. It's an attempt to get me to fear that I would be discouraged and that I wouldn't do the work, which is true. You get discouraged, you're not serving the Lord anymore. So then, Sanballat and Tithes, the enemies were evil. They understood how evil worked. It's a tactic. They understand. And they understand how fear works. And they wanted them to become frightened, that they would become discouraged and would not do the work. Okay, that's what Satan wants to do with us. Nothing new under the sun. Get you to fear so that you don't do the good work in your marriage. Get you to fear you don't do the good work with your children. Get you to fear you don't do the good work at work. Get you to fear you don't do the good work at church. Get you to fear. But we need to identify the lie and then know what is going on under the scenes. We need to see this. We need to understand this. And then lastly, we need to call upon God. Notice what he does in contrast. But, end of verse 9, Now, O oh God, strengthen my hands. This is what they're doing, but right out of his mouth in the same sentence, no delay, he says here, but now, O oh God, strengthen my hands. They're trying to do this to me, but strengthen my hands. The implication is strengthen my hands to continue working. Strengthen my hands to keep going. Help me not to succumb to this. Help me to do the work. Strengthen me, God. We need to trust the Lord. The very opposite of what fear was to accomplish, Nehemiah is praying for. Strength to do the work, rather than self-focus and pulling away, right? Brothers and sisters, when you are falsely accused, confront the lie with the truth. Understand the goal of what your enemy Satan is doing, to frighten you, discourage you, to get you to quit. But instead of yielding, go to God for his strength and keep on working. Reprove the lies, understand the goal of the fear tactics, and seek God's strength. Keep working, asking for God's strength, rather than being sidetracked through your fear to defend or run away or whatever it might be. And believe me, there's great temptation to do so. Satan's goal is to make you ineffective for Christ as you wallow in your fear and self-focus, consumed with yourself. This is not how God wants us to live. Okay, So many fear knots. Do not fear, right? Commands, don't fear. When we are consumed with ourselves, we do not love God by obeying him. We do not love others because we're not obeying God. But when we see the Lord is more important than ourselves, in the situation, the false accusation, when we see people is more important, we get to work seeking his strength. There are some of you who need to get to work. You have been sidetracked by your own fears. And folks, they didn't just come upon you one day. You've been running them through your head over and over again. Rather than reproving the lies in your head, you've been running it through your head. You're running these evil thoughts through your head. You're ineffective. You're consumed and obsessed by your fears. It's time to confess your sin. Confess your sin and acknowledge that you've been infected for Christ, that you've been self-focused. Get into his truth. Confront your erroneous thinking. Get into his truth and do not fear because God is with you. 
Let me share some passages. Turn to 1 Peter chapter 3. These believers, they were being threatened. They were being slandered. Nero was on the scene. Bad things were about to happen. Fiery ordeal come upon them for their testing. And the Lord has to tell them to think rightly, to get your head squared away. I'm paraphrasing. Notice what he says here, 1 Peter 3.13. And who is there to harm you if you prove his what is good? In light of who God is, whose eye is attentive upon the righteous, his ear is attentive to their prayer, in light of that, who can harm you? Get your head straight, right? And then he says, but even if you should suffer for the sake of righteousness, you are blessed. And what does he say here? Do not fear their intimidation and do not be troubled. But what do you do instead? Sanctify Christ as Lord of your heart. Make him the Lord of your heart, not fear and intimidation. You know, we make other things the Lord of our heart by thinking of them all the time. You know what I'm saying? Sanctify Christ. Set him apart as Lord of your hearts, always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you, yet with gentleness and reverence. And keep a good conscience so that in the thing in which you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. For it is better if God should will it so that you suffer by doing what is right rather than for doing what is wrong. And I shared this passage earlier, wonderful passage. Turn to Isaiah 41. Wonderful passage. Memorize it. Get it in your heart. When you are tempted to fear, get it in your heart. Isaiah 41. Isaiah 41, verse 10. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not anxiously look about, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Don't fear. God's with you. Don't fear. Nehemiah didn't fear. He knew God was with him. God strengthened my hands. Praying right along with this. God says he's going to strengthen. And guess what? Nehemiah well had this at that time, right? Isaiah had already written this. Nehemiah had these scriptures, he had this truth, and he's living it out. Strengthen my hands, O God. He says, Behold, all those who are angered at you will, will be shamed and dishonored. You think about that when people are attacking you, go, wow, they're not going to win. And notice he says here, those who contend with you will be as nothing and perish. Hey, they're done. You will seek those who quarrel with you, but you will not find them. Those who war with you will be as nothing and non-existent. For I am the Lord your God, who upholds your right hand, who says to you, do not fear, I'll help you. Don't fear in your marriage, God will help you. Don't fear with your children, God will help you. Don't fear at work, God will help you. Now, if you're all about the issue, then that's something else. Trust the Lord. Don't fear in church, God will help you. You want to be free of fear? Get into God's word, confront the situation with his truth, Understand your enemy's tactics to get you to sin, be self-centered in fear, and then go to the Lord for strength and trust him. So then we see the first attack with the weapon of fear. It's a false accusation against the leader from the outside, basically, open to all. Okay. Well, the next attack is a private one. We're going to see that Nehemiah is enticed by false prophets. It's religious, too, by the way. A false prophet's prophecy to save his skin so that he would sin. And then he would be discredited. You know, Satan uses people in the body of Christ to give you bad advice. Be aware of that. And Nehemiah is going to notice as we're going to see that it contradicts Scripture. And he's going to say, no way. Folks, when someone comes alongside and gives you bad advice, you know, I hear it all the time. Well, your husband's being this way. Well, then you should do this. Well, no. What does the Bible say? Win him without a word. Gentle and quiet spirit. 
Submit, be a godly woman, hope in God. What does the Bible say? It doesn't say, do it your way. Same thing for men. So then, Nehemiah is enticed here. Look at this, verse 10. And when I entered the house of Shemaiah, the son of Deliah, the son of Metabal, who was confined at home, he said, let us meet together in the house of God within the temple and let us close the doors of the temple for they are coming to kill you and they are going to kill you at night. But I said, should a man like me flee? And could such a man as I go into the temple to save his life? I will not go in. Then I perceived that surely God had not sent him, but he uttered his prophecy against me because Tobiah and Sanballat had hired him. He was hired for this reason, that I might become frightened and act accordingly and sin, so that they might have an evil report in order that they could reproach me. Remember, O my God, Tobiah and Sanballat, according to these works of theirs, and also Noadiah the prophetess and the rest of the prophets who were trying to frighten me. This is a full-on spiritual assault. You know, when we initially read it, we think it's just one guy giving some advice, but this guy's a prophet, and he is prophesying. And he is giving a word from the Lord. And he's got this prophetess lady, Noadiah, and he got the other prophets, they're all together on it. This is a bad scene. Nehemiah is seeking God's word, and he's got to discern what is true and what isn't. Now this Shemaiah, Notice there's the lineage thing here. The son of Delaiah and Metabah. Why all this? Well, there's a bunch of Shemaiahs out in the scriptures, okay? But later on, you go into Nehemiah 7, 61 and 62, and you see that the sons of Delaliah had come from Babylon, but they could not show that they were actually from Israel or not. Kind of interesting, just on a side note. And Nehemiah puts the little interesting there to know which Shemaiah this is, okay? But evidently, respected prophet... Evidently, okay. So this is a deceitful attack by this Shemaiah and these prophets and the prophetess. Notice what it is, verse 10. And when I entered the house of Shemaiah, the son of Deliah, and Mahetabal was confined at home, he said, let us meet together in the house of God within the temple and let us close the doors of the temple for they are coming to kill you and they are coming to kill you at night. This is uh, God's guy supposedly saying, hey, here's what you should do. It's a prophecy. It's coming. We know it's coming. You need to do this, Nehemiah. So how does Nehemiah respond? Is that good advice? Well, it's a prophet from God's guy, right? If it's a pastor, it must be right. Prophet must be right, right? No need to check it out or discern, right? No, we need to discern things. We need to know the Word of God. And Nehemiah knew the Word of God enough as we will see in a moment, that his prophecy contradicted the word of God. And he knew right away it was not from God. And that's the key. Look at here. Let us meet together in the house of God, within the temple, and let us close the doors of the temple. Now this is so that you don't get killed, Nehemiah. That's what it is. But notice what Nehemiah does. He says, but I said, should a man like me flee? First of all, I'm not a coward. Cowards go to hell. They're all in hell. You look in Revelation, the cowards are in hell, okay? Then he says, and could such one as I, he's going to make this distinction, because there were only the ones that could go in the temple or you would get killed. You shouldn't go in, right? Priests could go in. He says, such as I, you might remember Uzziah went in to burn incense 
and he, the, the priest confronted him, and he was leprous till the end of his life. You can't just go in there. So he's calling upon Nehemiah to break God's word and to go in. And I'll bet you he wouldn't have even known about Uzziah. It's past that time. And so he says, should a man like me flee? Could such a one as I, could I go in the temple to save his life? I will not go in. Religious advice, prophecy, do it. He says, no, I'm not going to do it. Not going to do it. We can learn from this. We need to know the word of God. And notice what he says here. Then I perceived that surely God had not sent him. When he contradicted the word of God, I knew it was not from God. I perceived it at that point. This is not from God. And then he figured it out, right? Not sent him. He perceived it. This is a false prophet. And he's going to realize later on that he offered it against him because Tobiah and Sanballat had hired him. Profit for hire. You know, it's interesting. You have situations like this. You'll see this as you minister, especially as pastors and leaders. You'll see that other pastors and leaders will side with people and they'll say things that aren't biblical against you. You go, wait a second. And they have a lot of authority because they're pastors. Well, no one has any authority except the Word of God. The Word of God. And it needs to go with the Word of God. Otherwise, it is false. Nehemiah fears God. He knows the Word of God. So he wouldn't do what this prophet wanted him to do. And he's not a coward. And he realized it was against the word. You can look in Second Chronicles 26 about what Uzziah did and what happened in that situation. So then he understands they were hired for a reason. Notice what he says. Then I perceived that surely God had not sent him, but he uttered his prophecy against me because Tobiah and Salva had hired him. And then notice he understands the goal. So first of all, expose it with truth. Whether it's being an accusation, that's not true. You made it up. Expose the truth. This is false. This is a false prophecy. Got to know the word of God, right? Then secondly, understand what's going on underneath it. He was hired for this reason that I might become frightened and act accordingly in sin so that they might have an evil report in order they could reproach me. Nehemiah went into the temple. He sinned against God. He is absolutely not doing God's will. He is an evil man, right? They could reproach him, right? Nehemiah said, no way, I'm not going to do it. This is what their plan is. We need to know that sometimes Satan will use people to do things to cause us to fear so that we will sin, that we'll sin because we're fearing. We'll do what is wrong. And you know what? People, when they fear, will do a lot of stuff. A lot of Christians, when they're fearing something, I mean, they're fearing the medical implications of what they have, and they'll go to all the wacky pathies. You know what I'm saying? They'll do whatever. They'll sin against God because they're fearing. The Apostle Paul, when he knew it was life or death, he said, to live as Christ, to die as gain. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we've been seeing this. Hey, absent from the body, present with the Lord. Therefore, whether home or absent, I want to be pleasing. Whether I'm going to get taken away or whether I'm staying. The reality is fear will cause you to do bad things, to sin. Don't do it. They were trying to frighten me that I would sin, but they could reproach me. So then, first of all, expose it with the truth. Then recognize the truth of what's really going on underneath. You're being tempted to be frightened that you would sin, right? And then you'd be disqualified. And then notice he prays. Call upon the Lord and trust in him. Verse 14. Remember, O oh my God, to buy in Sanballat according to all these works of theirs and also Noadiah, the prophetess, and the rest of the prophets who were trying to frighten me. 
remember what they did. They were trying to frighten me. Oh God, you are the one who protects me. You are the one who strengthens me. You take care of them. Take care of my enemies. Remember this, Lord. They've done evil. They've done evil to try to frighten me. Talk to the Lord right out. They're wrong, right? Remember that, Lord. And Nehemiah is not going to go on a campaign to address these people. He's going to leave it in God's hands. Remember me. So then, we need to pray. Turn to Psalm 34. You see, if you seek the Lord, he'll deliver you out of all your fears. You see, you seek him. You identify the the error with the truth, know the word of God. You know the plot and the plan, trying to frighten you to get you to sin, right? And then seek the Lord. That's what people don't do at times. Psalm 34. He says, I'll bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall be continually on my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear it and rejoice. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Seek the Lord. He'll answer you. He'll deliver you from all your fears. Do some seeking. Seek the Lord. He'll deliver you. He'll deliver you in your marriage. He'll deliver you with your kids. He'll deliver you at work. He'll deliver you with a physical condition from your fears. He'll deliver you in the context of ministry. Seek the Lord. Deliver from all my fears. Today we've seen Nehemiah's enemies try to deceitfully lure him privately into a trap to kill him. But he wisely speaks the truth and keeps on working. Doing a good work. Not going to stop. Right? We also saw that Sandbelt sends an open letter falsely accusing him of plotting rebellion against the king. It's a big deal. It's a big false accusation. But Nehemiah denies it, speaking the truth, understands their evil motives, and prays for strength. It keeps on working. And we saw Nehemiah is enticed by a false prophet and prophecy to save his skin so that he would not sin. Now remember, this is your life on the line. I don't know how many people someone said, you're going to die tonight. You better take action. Do what Nehemiah did. He said, no. He knew the word of God, right? He knew the word of God. He perceived thus it was not from God. He would not sin. He feared God. And then he called on God to judge those who were trying to frighten him. So how are we to deal with fear? First of all, we need to confront the circumstances in the situation with God's truth. This is what's really going on, right? We need to be in the word of God. We need to have the word in our hearts, dwelling richly. We need to see things from God's perspective. We need to renew our minds and see it from his perspective, not from our emotions. Secondly, we need to understand what Satan's goal in fear is, that we would become self-focused and sin. That's his goal, and we would be about our own work rather than God's work, our own horrible work, which is worthless about ourselves versus God's great work. And lastly, we need to call upon the Lord to strengthen us, to do his work, and to trust him to take care of our enemies. You remember them, O Lord, for what they've done. I sought the Lord, and he answered me, and delivered me from all fears. If you've just joined us, you've been listening to Equipping the Saints with Greg Lundstedt. You can hear today's message again by visiting our website, etsradio.org. That's etsradio.org. CDs of today's message or other messages are available at our website as well. And as a part of the ministry of Equipping the Saints, 
All our audio resources are available at no cost to you, thanks to the Lord's provision through the faithful support of friends of this broadcast. To order your complimentary CD, call us toll-free 1-800-596-9144. That's 800-596-9144. If you prefer to request your complimentary CD by email, our email address is contact at etsradio.org. So, Greg, it appears that Satan uses our enemies to try to cause us to fear. Can you tell us why succumbing to this type of fear is so dangerous? Well, Dave, succumbing to the fear that the enemy tries to bring through his servants in his domain is very dangerous because what happens is we become self-focused. And within that, we then can be easily discouraged and easily give up on the work that the Lord has called us to do. But instead, we need to see things from God's perspective and not from our emotions. And we need to call upon the Lord to strengthen us to do His work, and we need to trust Him to take care of our enemies. As we close today's broadcast, it's our prayer that the Word of God has done its work in your life and that you've been challenged and encouraged to follow Christ more closely. If you're receiving spiritual benefit from equipping the saints, would you prayerfully consider sending a gift today? Every gift makes a difference. No gift is too small, and every dollar is put right back into the ministry. To send a gift to Equipping the Saints, call us toll-free at 1-800-596-9144. That's 800-596-9144. If you prefer to donate online, our web address is etsradio.org. That's etsradio.org. Well, we hope you'll make plans to join us again next time, right here for another edition of Equipping the Saints.